G'day listeners and welcome to the final episode of the Keeper League podcast for season 29, round 23, done and dusted and it is over. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, you're a bit late to the party, <laughs> but uh, this is the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't focus on the superstars, focus on the lesser knowns and those players that are relevant in your Keeper Leagues. Uh, joining me as per usual is my co-host Kays. How you going, mate? Hello, Hef. Uh, great to be here. It's done. It's yeah. The season's done. It's um, bittersweet in a way. What a year for us. It has been a year. It's been a big year of research and stats and yeah. recommendations and failed failed uh, ultimate seasons, really, on my half. This is the first year I haven't won a grand final in everything. In any, sorry, in anything, sorry. Uh, I think I might be the same. I lost my grand final on the weekend. Yeah, so. same. <laughs> and, uh, I went down. I, I was one of those crazy ones because it's only like an eight-person league. I think I scored 17-80 and lost to like an 18-30 or something like that. So, you go. Yeah, geez. You can't really do too much wrong when you score in close to 1,800 and losing a, a game. But Yeah. Know, that's that's ultimate. Yeah, that is. That is. Um, anyway, have we uh, delved deep into the breaking news this week, Kaz, or what's going on? Look, we'll probably just uh, a bit more relaxed pod tonight. Yeah, just it's to a bit kick more off. freestyle. Exactly. Ad-lib. But yeah. uh, look, there's something that just popped up uh, just out of afl.com.au. Unfortunately, poor Nathan Rovat, your oh, boy, no. has been delisted by the ruse. Oh, who would have thought? Now, if, if, <laughs> if you actually haven't listened to the podcast before, Nathan Rovat is basically every player that we talk about. It's the kind of player who's, yeah. you know, should be good, isn't that good, or... Could be good. I don't know. But well, uh, scores well on the twos. Yeah, he's going to have to find a new club if he's going to keep playing AFL footy. I'm not sure. I think he might be done and dusted somehow. Unfortunately, but, uh, you know, that's up to Nathan. Any other breaking news, case? Yes. And more importantly, uh, Adelaide Talkback has gone bananas in the last 24 hours after the Crows and Port both bombed out of season 2019. And obviously, the Crows are up in, in arms because, you know, they're doing a big clean out now, which is fantastic. But the most exciting news of the day for everyone that I know and everyone that you know is that Ken is being backed in to coach the power in 2020. First of all, do our Perth, Victoria and Queensland listeners give a shit about this news? Oh, I just want to bring it up because <laughs> you've been leading Don the, Pike and Ken Hinckley. You've been leading the hashtag Sat Ken, you know, um, swarm of, you know, Twitter hate. Yeah, look. And unfortunately, they've backed him in for 2020 for you, mate. I yeah, think it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's made my day, really, let's be honest. Well, you know, it just goes to show that if you want to coach Port, all you have to do is do nothing for five years and you're going to keep your job. So, it's, it's, it's like, I guess, building hope for those aspiring coaches out there because I reckon some of the fantasy coaches could actually do a better job than Ken Hinckley does. But anyways, you know, if you if you want to look at someone who can just do the absolute bare minimum and keep their job, I guess Ken Hinckley's one of them. But let's not get stuck into footy politics. Okay. Let's get stuck in to the round rewind. Okay, moving on to the Round Rewind, the segment where we recap all of the weekend's games and have a look at who starred and who didn't start and who deserves praise and who deserves rocket and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Kays, you, or your, oh, sorry, your boys played on Friday night, Essendon against Collingwood. Yeah. Who'd you uh, see in that game that we, took your fancy? We put up a good fight uh, considering we basically had a pretty B-grade side in. But uh, all the guys I'm going to talk about tonight are kind of people that might be on your keeper list next year and just kind of see where we're going to look ahead to 2020. So, we'll start off with the Pies. So, Jamie Elliott kicked uh, three goals, four for his 113 points. He's gone back-to-back tons and really just hitting the cream at the right time of the year. So, he's a classic tease, all right? So, he's 27 years old. He's obviously got all the talent in the the world, but his body just doesn't hold up year to year. If you were a Jamie Elliott owner would you be keeping him into 2020 oh, obviously depends on the size of your league but uh in our league case with our 16 keepers mm-hmm. probably not he goes back to the pool for mine it's just that risk factor associated with his injuries and probably his role as well you know like, yeah. yes he can go big as uh, he's shown the last two weeks but uh yeah i think just um those kind of guys you know you You've got to take with a bit of a grain of salt. Yes, they'll probably have those big games, but more than likely they won't. So, uh, unfortunately, Jamie, you'll be on the draft pool next year. Uh, Chris Mayne, 110 points from his 31 touches. He uh, averaged 77.8 this season and went at uh, 91.8 points in his last five games. So, he's 30 years old. He's probably going to hold back status again next year. What do you do with someone like Chris Mayne here? I reckon... Uh, in Collingwood side, he might be worth holding on to. Chris Mayne has back status? Yeah. I did not know that. He got it added this year, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, oh, that's right, in the second half of the year. Mm. I did know that. It started in the midfield, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, 
I don't know. Again, he's depends. a real pickle of a player. Yeah, depends. It depends where you're at. Like, he's worthy of building if you've got like a really old list and mm-hmm. you just might as well want to get the most points you can in. Yep. He's paid too much to probably be playing twos for Collingwood, mm. but he is getting to the end of his career where there might be they might come to that point where they draw the line on the sand and say he's on the out of there as well. So, but I still think that Collingwood's window is very much open. Yeah, yeah they're like, going to play their best 22 then, every week. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I think he's in that. So, if you are holding on to him, I think just hold him and kind of monitor him over the preseason and see how we're going and uh, heading into 2020. But uh, look, he's put together a pretty solid year for a, for a 30-year-old player. Yep. Uh, Brody Majacek, 72 points with his four goals. He uh, finished the season with four tons. I really <laughs> like how this guy's tracking. So, we've spoken about him probably the last month in a fair bit. And 26 years old. So, you know, yes, he's a mature age player, but I think that's basically his prime for a big key forward. You know, you want him firing at this age, 26, 27, 28. I'd be... Uh, Borderline keeper, but uh, definitely keen to take him earlyish in a draft next year. Yeah, he's still a he's still a mid proposition for me. Um, again, like it depends, and I've said this for every player. I hope I don't say this all night, but again, yeah. it depends where your list's at. Because yeah. um, for someone like me who's taking young players, even though he's twenty six, I just don't think he's going to be the type to ever do more than he's doing this season. Mm. I think this is and this what this is what he's got. This is his ceiling now. I think, but it's not a bad ceiling. Um, yeah. So it's, it's it's handy to have, yeah. but he's just not one of my types really. Pretty handy, you know. I'm yeah, kind yeah. of putting him in that Jack Rewalt kind of. Um, he's going to be better than he's going to be better than Jack Rewalt going forward. Yeah, but I know of course, yeah, yeah, but yeah. previous kind of years. So someone you can just kind of lock in, whack as your F four, F five, and uh, yeah, kind of roll from there. Onto uh, some of your bombers, yeah, mate. Yeah, so this guy's just kind of gone bananas the last few games. Connor McKenna, thirty-five touches and twenty-seven of those being kicks. So he scored one hundred and sixteen, uh, and he's kind of just keep getting better and better as this year's gone on. So what I do like about him, McKenna's still quite young, so he's averaging. Uh, <coughs> 90.5 in his last four games. He missed that one game to go home for his brother's wedding. Um, but he is so critical. Him and Sada Crow so critical to the Don's success. So I just feel that, you know, that's been their blueprint to, you know, winning games this year, that speed off halfback. Yeah. They're going to entrust him and Saad to kick the ball more and more and more, you know, over the next year or two, especially yeah. McKenna because he's young. Yeah. So he's kind of gone from someone who you probably wouldn't really think about getting at all uh, to really kind of bumping up my rankings, especially mm-hmm. if you are hunting that flag and those players who are just damn consistent. And we've talked about him being very consistent this season he's just one who's a real smoky to kind of you know push into a mid 80 defender next year i reckon how old is he roughly i think he's 23 24 yeah no he's definitely on my radar then yeah um yeah i've liked his past month and uh yeah i think the commentators were raving about him a bit as well i think as well blokes like him and Saad, um players who can get into space mm-hmm. seem to be going pretty well with a 666 yeah um like Hooli. yeah and yeah. like wingers wingers more in particular i think was uh, the people that are going well but yeah guys that seem to be able to get into space because there's less zoning going on mm. uh, they can get a bit more looser and get a bit of loose ball and then there's mark they're getting marks as a result which yeah. boosts their scoring as well and I think Conor McKenna kind of fits into that category yeah very 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 tasty proposition for next year I think yep. uh, Andy McGrath so he uh, finished this season on 104 uh, had 28 touches but it's only his second ton of the season finished the year with a 74.7 average kind of expected more from him so he started off as a, a 70 went into a 71 and then 73 uh, 74 this year so you know his last three years has been pretty consistent around that low 70s but do we need him to take that next step before we kind of, you know, get too excited about him? Oh. I could have, you know, third year breakout should have been this year, even if he wasn't playing midfield, you know, but saying that, you know, you've got guys yeah. like McKenna and Side who are kind of getting that halfback ball and he's that more slower user type. I'm a bit worried about him as well, a fantasy prospect. You asked if we need him to take that next step and yes, mm. the answer is yes, we do. Yeah. Will he make that next step? Mm. I'm not so sure. I think, I don't know. Essendon's midfield is okay. Um, but he really should be one of the shining lights in there still. Mm. There's still room for him to, to grow in that midfield, I think, yeah. as well. Yep. He's just got to, I don't know, get his shit together, I think. Just yeah. find more of the footy, mate. Yeah. He, he plays the right style of footy, like style of game, just doesn't get enough of it. I think if, you've, if you're in a keeper league, you're keeping him. But if you're starting a brand new league next year, he's dropping, he's dropping uh, yep. very, very quickly. Uh, Darcy Parrish, he uh, finished on an even 100 with 26 touches and nine tackles, which is a pretty good outing for him. He's kind of scored quite well when there's been no Heppel around, uh, which was the case on the weekend so look probably another guy who's had a disappointing season uh, average 79.4 this year with the three tons I suppose the good thing with him is his time on ground percentage across this season is pretty low still at 74% so 
He's one I'm still a bit unsure on, you know. He should be pushing into his, you know, 80s, you know, especially high 80s, I reckon. And look, yes, he's probably been a bit unlucky with injury in and out the side this year at times. I, I just don't know where he kind of fits and what his actual fantasy, you know, uh, yeah. game is. Yeah, I'm complete opposite with him. I think as a forward, he's had a great year. You know, 79.4 mm. for a guy that we kind of wanted to. I think he was mid-70s last year. He's bumped his, uh, bumped his points per game up by, what, five points per game at least, yeah. I think. I reckon he's had a great year as a forward. And if he maintains that forward status, get on board. Yeah, that'll be the big thing. I'd be a bit worried about him doing that because he has played a lot more yeah. in the midfield this season. That's, that's, the, that's the key. Look, as a midfielder, yes, disappointing, I think. As a forward this year, he's been great in my opinion. Yeah, well... I kind of disagree, but, you know, I probably watch him a bit closer. But anyway, on to the Sydney game, Hef. Uh, had a look at Ben Ronke. So, he had 84 playing that uh, high half-forward role. Uh, the good uh, positive thing to see about this game was the kick-to-handball ratio was uh, quite high. Uh, had a lot of kicks going uh, going in this game. Uh, but, yeah, he still has a lot to do before I consider him. Uh, he's popped up every now and then. He'll kick a big bag or do something like that where he, um, you know, has scores reasonably well, but yeah, he's still got a lot more to do before he's considered in fantasy teams. Yeah, I'm not really looking at him just yet. I think there's a few other players in Sydney, especially that I'd have my eye on before Ronky. Uh, Callum Mills had 82 points. He started like a house on fire. I don't know where I sit with him though. Kays, as an owner, um, can you see him being an uber primo ever? Uh, probably not, but you know he's almost in that Andy McGrath category where he probably should be a bit better than he is. Yeah. Um, what I do like about Mills is he's going to be definitely a defender for you know next yep. year and probably even the year after. Is there a midfield opposition, uh, midfield position for him at Sydney? I'm not too sure, but he does play a very very good defender game at Sydney. It's just whether he can kind of get into that role where he gets a few more cheap kicks and a few touches. That's that's kind of thing that lets him down a bit, really. Dawson going into the uh, midfield has completely fucked. Him and Lloyd, basically. Mm. So, oh, sorry, into the defence, sorry. Yep. He needs to go into the midfield. So, hopefully yeah. next season, uh, he does go into the midfield. Be interesting to see what happens when Josh Kennedy kind of pulls up stumps. Um, obviously, you've got Florent and a few other guys, you know, Dawson, etc., who can roll into that midfield and robot him even. But, uh, look, Mills is classy. He's a, he's a genuine defender. So, that was always good. And you always have to put a bit more extra value on defenders because they are quite sparse. So, is he going to go bananas? Probably not. But is he going to be... Sp- Reasonably reliable going forward, I think so. Uh, Tim Membry finished off the year well. He had 79 points. Uh, he's 26 next season, so I reckon he's a good mid-draft uh, pickup yep. to fill one of those last forward spots. Um, if St Kilda can take the next step as well with a new coach going forward, he might be okay. He might be a decent forward uh, scorer going forward. Yeah, completely agree. I think we talked about him last week. I think he's just going to be that great player. You can pick up early off the waivers. Lock him into an F4, F5 and just uh, reap the rewards. Uh, Hunter Clark's the last one we'll talk about in this game. He had 71 points and he had uh, no, uh, 71 points from 91% of his time in defensive half. So, Yum. Yep, that's great for uh, keeping his defender status. I know people always see good numbers from a young defender and they always think, oh, he must be going to the midfield. But uh, he's not. So, he's played, he's getting all his touches across half back. Hopefully, he maintains that for years to come, becomes a primo, get on board this yeah, kid. Yeah, chips in, chips in. Uh, North Melbourne versus Melbourne. So, basically, looking through this, I didn't watch this game, thank God, but uh, North Melbourne are a genuine fantasy shit show. So, not one person in their team averaged more than 100 this season, and only Sean Higgins averaged above 90. Fuck. So <laughs> that's awful. One person above 90. Yeah, that's so, good. it is an absolute wasteland there. Look, yeah, obviously, new coach might change things up a bit, but it's not, you know, doing anything drastic to their kind of style of play. They play a pretty, you know, they played a pretty similar kind of game uh, between two coaches. But, uh, you look, anything could change next season. But if I just picking out a few guys who you can, you know, take a bit of a risk on from their side, I think Cameron Zerha and Jai Simpkin deserve a chance. Um, they've shown ability. They're still young. Um and could be good guys in the future. And I think if you want a few more solid guys who are just on the verge, I think Trent Dumont, you know, is almost pushing into that genuine keeper status, but I think he's he's definitely there now and he's got game to go forward. Yeah. And I think Jamie McMillan, he's just honest as the days long, and I think he's a probably a great, you know, last keeper spot just for, a, you know, especially in a role where defenders are hard to get, he's just pretty, pretty solid and, and around that 80 average, and I think you can kind of lock him into a spot for your side. Zohar and Simkin especially just monitor Higgins' and Zeeble's career or where they're playing or what's going on the preseason. Zeeble looks like he's playing up forward again. It's time to get on board one of these guys because there will mm. be a bump there, I think, as well. And if Higgins, he doesn't go, I don't know, if he, does he go again? How old is Higgins? He wants to go again. It's yeah, just yeah. whether they give him out the contract. Yeah. And, mm. you know, where North's at with this list that might not be happening. So, 
one of those guys I reckon is going to go big next year, and I think in the future they'll both be okay. I think so too. Uh, from Melbourne, Christian Petrarca, just a classic 93 from him. Uh, finished the season with a 76 average. Uh, he's actually five points down from his last year. Only managed the one ton this season. If I have any advice to give anyone, if you are a Christian Petrarca owner, trade him. Get rid of him. His, his perceived value is much higher than it actually is. You'll get a good player in return from him because he is quite average. Keep him if he keeps his forward status though. Yeah, still. Unless you can get another forward for him. Uh, I'd rather take a punt and try and get someone better. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I just think that's his, his, his ceiling. He's, he's a flashy kind of quality over quantity player. I wish you had Chris Petrarca so I could trade for him. Um, you can have him if I ever have him. <laughs> uh, Bailey Fritch, he had 74 points from 99% time on ground. Oh, I haven't seen that for a while. Um, but he's basically been one of the shining lights of Melbourne this season, uh, especially later on. I think he's a genuine match winner in both football sense and fantasy sense. Um, you know, when he um, gets on the end of a few sausage rolls, he can really, really go big. Um, still quite young. Uh, I think Melbourne don't have too much to kind of tip their hat on this season and he's kind of been one guy they're going to have to um, perceive, perceive, proceed with um, to continue uh, getting around him. So I quite like the the outlook of Bra- uh, Bailey Fritch going forward. And any more Melbourne players? And yeah. just Billy Stretch. So he had 70 points from 71% time on ground. Just kind of want to monitor too. So he's 22 years old. I think next year might just be worth a little late flyer. Uh, got a bit of speed. Um, obviously, there's a few guys in that Melbourne side who are retiring. Uh, Jordan Lewis, uh, Hibbard Jones, they're getting on. So maybe they need to inject a bit more youth into that side and I think Billy Stretch has a bit of uh, fantasy chops for sure uh, Carlton and Geelong so Quinton Narkle he's uh, really finishing off this year with a bang 111 points from him 27 touches 5 tackles and a goal he's kind of always been one that's talked about uh, just having a bit of talent and some uh, fantasy ability and it's good to show it uh, he can finally show it uh, towards the end of this season um, obviously been quite injured throughout his career yeah. I just think with an aging Cats midfield might be now is the time to jump on right now you know get him basically as low as he'll be for a while mm. and I think over this next preseason if he can go into next year fully fit fully pre, full preseason under his belt I reckon he could be one who really goes big next year he's another one of those players that points per num- uh, minute numbers are very good you're just going to rely on him getting consistent game time, essentially. So hopefully he can push that next break. I know whether it's fitness or whether it's, you know, tank or what's going on there or whether it's roll. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just got to hope that he can kind of boost those numbers and uh, the scoring should follow. Mm-hmm. And what's been a very, very dark year for Geelong Ruckman, Reece Stanley finished with a 96. So he actually averaged 81 this season, but definitely played a lot less games than he probably should have. He had 35 hitouts against Matty Cruiser, which is not a bad effort. I'm just confused what goes on at along with their Ruckman. They still apparently want to trade in more Ruckman and they want to bring Sean Darcy over and they've already got eight Ruckman on the list. I just don't know. Whatever you're doing, do not touch a Geelong Ruckman next year. I think Chris Scott's just got a thing for tall blokes. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Oh, we need, like, we can't play unless we've got, you know, six blokes over 200 centimetres on our list. No, look, why not? Get more in. Fuck it. Well, they may as well. <laughs> but, uh, look, if you can avoid a Geelong Ruckman, please do it. And it was a dirty, dirty fantasy day for many blues. I suppose Ed Kernow is the only uh, shining light from our kind of keeper league pool. We had 99 points from 56% time on ground. So, he was absolutely motoring before he got a knock. He's 29 years old and I'm pretty confident he's going to continue his scoring next year so I think he's an integral part of David Teague's system moving forward he should be able to keep his forward status and if he does I think he's a massive lock for next year I don't know if he does because he's been playing midfield as soon as Teague's come in mm, yeah so I don't know if he does actually keep it because he was forward up with um, True. with Bolton so I'd still happily keep him oh uh, yeah as a mid I do, yeah, if he's in my team now, where am I list at? I'm trading. But, um, yeah, look, again, if he's a... It's hard. I basically think he can play that Mitch Robinson role that... Bruce yeah, no, no, you're right. He's no. going to be a decent scorer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just had to think about it then. No, I, I agree because, with, you know, I just keep thinking as well that Blues will have a new coach next year, but it's David Teague. Mm. So he will play that same role. So, yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. His role is safe, which yeah. is I like. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just quickly, a big watch on the Blues preseason uh, coming up. So you've got guys like Cunningham, Setterfield, Dow, Kennedy, O'Brien. You know, young guys, um, they need time for their bodies to mature. 
please just uh, keep a monitor of the the Blues players over the preseason and um, just kind of see where they fit early on next year because you know they're getting runs. It's just you know how good can they be with their ball winning ability? You seem to have a lot of same types of players That's competing true. for spots as well. Yeah. Like I, I, I agree, you should you have to watch, mm. but it's going to be hard because you think oh I'll pick up this guy because he's young or I'll pick up this guy because he's young and he's got so much potential, but there's really not a lot of room in that. Carlton side You need like Mark Murphy to go away And you know Create a spot there And Ed Kerner To probably go away And create a spot there But they're probably not Next season They can't afford to Yeah yeah exactly They go backwards otherwise And they just Yeah fans won't have it Anyway let's move on to Gold Coast Suns Versus GWS Giants So uh, Ben Ainsworth He had 96 points And he has another best um, Season scoring wise From consistent point of view But he has shown Some glimpses So he gets a bit Of midfield time as well And gets a few clearances Out of those as well So he's definitely On my 2020 watch And uh, he's should be available in our draft. I'm hoping he's anyway. So he's definitely going to be on the watch list. You are wrong. He's in my list, and I'm keeping him. Oh, okay, fair uh, enough. But uh, what he has, he's been injured a fair bit this year, along with Jack Bowes. They both missed a big chunk there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he has that ability. Um, I'm pretty keen on him next year. Speaking of Jack Bowes, I thought mm. I'd make a point of saying he scored 84 points and he didn't suck this week. So hey. good on him. On moving, Jack. moving on to Jacob Dawson, uh, average 72 since coming into the side. So we talked about him as a as about an intercept marker and a good intercept player. So he might develop into a handy. D5, I think. You've but, come um, around here. Look, You've yeah. come around. I just can't see him getting replaced in that Gold Coast side. I reckon at any other side, he's probably getting dropped, but I can't see him getting replaced in that Gold Coast side. So I he's, he's uh, handy. Yeah, he's, he's going to be handy. Um, yeah, grab, grab him late next year's draft because I don't yep. think too many people are going after him. Right. Uh, Phil Davis had 88 points, uh, good score, but uh, there's no real key forward options for uh, Gold Coast. So he's too inconsistent to be considered. So move on there. Uh, Matt DeBoer had 82 points. Um, I don't know. Does he hold any real value as a mid? He's actually surprised me since going to GWS. Like, yeah. he's been a pretty handy scorer. Uh, are you keeping him? No. Are you taking him mid to late in the draft? Probably. Yeah. I'd, I'd say so. There's, He seems to have kind of found his spot in that side. I always find you need a couple 80 averaging just hole fillers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he will average but yeah. But that's tr- so true because yeah. you get to the point where, you know, like I've been this year where you're scraping the oh, in the barrel and you're playing guys, <laughs> You know, so if you just you can if you can get some of those guys, it just makes life a whole lot easier. Yeah, uh, Harry Perryman had seventy one points, and yeah, not the worst score in the world, but just a decent. Nice seventies, I take for a kid of his mm-hmm. caliber at the moment. Definitely. Um, just another reminder to get on board for the future. I think feel like we've been spruiking that for the last six months, but anyway. Yeah. Um, West Coast Eagles versus Hawthorne. So here's an interesting one. Jonathan Segler, he had one hundred and three points, and. Mm. Are they just trying to get his trade value up by playing Ben McAvoy at centre-half back? Or? I have no idea what's going on the last two weeks, yeah. there, but it is crazy. He must be, I don't know. Is he going? Is that what they're like, we're getting rid of you? I've talked to a few Hawthorne fans and they are firmly of the belief that he is their best ruckman and should be rucking full-time. I don't know. Uh, maybe. And he's kind of shown it with he's just been given a free oh, run at it. Yeah. But I his scores know. in the VFL have always been good. And yeah. he's actually, in his defense, he's actually always scored quite well when he's played. When he played one out. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. But if he gets traded, oh, big watch on that one, I think. Like, yeah. he'd have to be gone. Like, you know, there's going to be a few clubs looking out for rucks next year. Like, GWS mm. will be one. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, West Coast could probably take someone as well to back up Nick Nat, who's always injured. There's quite a few out there. But all the talk is all that riders leaving port it's confirmed so yeah, he's yeah. either going to St Kilda or Essendon yep. if I, I'm an Essendon supporter I'd much rather try and throw the sink at John Segler you know I want Paddy Ryder back mate uh, all time's sake I still I think we need someone who is you know got a few years in him instead of one or two because Bell Chambers is basically old as well and you hang your hat on Bra- uh, Draper but um, ideally um, ideally you pick up a young Ruckman and take an old Ruckman to tie you over yeah. uh, pick up one in the draft or something like that I think there is one good one in the draft and I just cannot remember his name but he's Quite popular and he'll be around next year, but I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, hopefully you can get him. Um, moving on, let's uh, talk about Tim O'Brien. So he had 78 and he kicked four goals to get 78. So that's just classic key forward scoring. Um, has to get on the end of a few goals to be relevant. And uh, I don't know how many goals he will be getting on yeah. uh, going forward. So it's a bit too early to think about him, but just a nice little sign there. I uh, just want, I kind of am a bit excited about uh, Hawthorne's, you know, spine coming up. You know, you've got. Um, Tim O'Brien and the big guy, whatever his name is. What are you talking about? Mitch Lewis. Mitch Lewis. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I think they're going to be quite a like a exciting pair going yeah. forward. You got Sicily in the back lines. Hawthorne are on their way up big time. Okay. 
Okay, on to some West Coast Eagles players. So, uh, Liam Duggan, he was back in the side this week with a 97. Uh, monitor through the finals series just to make sure that wasn't flash in the pan, but he's teased for ages, and mm. I know he's not really one for uh, my liking. Very teasy. Yeah. Uh, Willie Rowley had 94 points, and that was another good score, but not really a fantasy type. Um, I feel like we've been saying that a lot, actually, through the through the past few weeks. Um, 78 from his past five, but it's the yo-yoing scoring that kills you because he tons up every now and then and then goes down to 60s and 50s and stuff like that. Something I try to avoid in my team, case. Saying that, I reckon if you could get him late in next year's draft, super late, yeah, I reckon there's almost a chance that he could play through West Coast midfield a lot more next year. Yeah, perhaps I could. I could potentially. Like he might say just it. be one you can just throw it and it. just and just like you've got a forward who's going to play every week, so you've mm. got some cover there. But I reckon he's just got that slight chance that he could just kind of take the next step. Yeah, he might be a good streamer going yeah. forward. Uh, Jake Waterman had eighty-eight points, and uh, yeah, interesting to see him spend some time in the midfield as well. So just another one to monitor through the finals because uh, yeah, not one you generally see playing that role. Very true. Uh, the dogs and the crows. So obviously we're going to talk about Tim English. Oh God, ninety points, sixteen touches, twenty-five hit. Let's get on board. His frame's just going to get bigger, and uh, I think he's just going to get better. Yep. Uh, Taylor Jurey, he had 83 on the weekend. So, he's uh, averaged 76.7 this season and 85 in his last five games. I think he's building into a very, very nice, consistent D3 to D5. The risk is he's 28. But uh, on the good side is he's found a home there. Matty Suckling's 31, getting on a bit. I just think that he's just a kind of a lock and load. Probably not a keeper, but one you can take pretty early. And I think he's going to be very, very consistent next year. Yeah, definitely one to look for those who are pressing for a flag. Yeah. Uh, Bailey Dale, 98 points, uh, 17 touches, five goals, three. Basically, this season, especially late, he's kicked a fair few bags, but unfortunately hasn't got to the ton yet. So I'm just a bit unsure about whether you have any confidence taking him like does he have any scope to be different to what he is yes he's a great you know small forward who can kick goals and can score well when he does kick those goals but west coast uh, not west coast western bulldogs have such a, a like diverse midfield forward mix that i just don't see him getting any midfield time at all so he's a bit risky because when he kicks a bag he's great but as most forwards if they don't they're not scoring too well yep Paul Seedsman, 24 touches and 107 points. So, he had back-to-back tons. Uh, he's 27. And you have to think that he's going to be a massive part of the Crows midfield mix, you know, wing mix, whatever, going forward from 2020 because they need his speed. They need someone like him, Brody Smith, running through that midfield, creating yep. some speed and some pace. I like him a lot as a prospect next year. I'm absolutely kicking myself because uh, for those who are patrons and on the Waiver Wire podcast, he was like my number one waiver pickup on the weekend. And I needed to pick up a midfielder going into the grand final this week. And I had a choice between Ollie Florent or Paul Seisman. And I wanted to be a smart ass and go, because we always give shit to Ollie Florent. And I wanted to be a smart ass and pick up Ollie Florent and uh, show him in, in the grand final who tons up, whatever. I think Florent had a 57 and uh, Seisman had 116 and it cost me the grand final because I lost by about 50 points. So, Suck shit. Yep. I'm an arsehole. <laughs> hey, that's our new intro for next year. Uh, Chase Jones, 97 points from 72% time on ground. Isn't it crazy? The Crows just didn't want to play him for most of the season. Uh, 18 touches, seven marks, four tackles and two goals. Get in line. I think he's going to be a jet. He uh, took more contested marks than Tex did all season, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. He was just plucking them from everywhere. Just, you know, getting underneath and him, just taking on the chest. It was amazing. Getting knocked over. He's a very, very good talent. I would almost be taking him into next year if I could sneak him on my list. Oh, I reckon Crows are going to be playing a lot of kids next year, I feel. So, yep. yeah, get on board. Get on board. Uh, Richmond versus Brisbane. So, Bashar Hooli, he's had a genuine goat of a season. 103 average, 12 tons in this season. That is just bananas. He's 31. Uh, you definitely got to hold him if you own him. Otherwise, trade him now, get some super value for him because... I think he's definitely going going around again. He's just been electric this year. He's going to be another great defender scorer next year. So if you're looking to, you know, have a crack at the flag next year, I would hold with confidence. If you're looking to rebuild, I think you'll get a nice play in return. You've got goat written here. You know, mm-hmm. goat means greatest of all time, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know what else to write. <laughs> okay. I was like, what else do you, what else do you call it? Ham season. Hard, season. hard as a motherfucker. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm not up with the lingo. <laughs> You're a teacher, so you obviously how are these little acronyms. Um, Liam Baker. Um, he basically remembered how to score fantasy-wise on the weekend. 88 points, 20 touches and 7 marks. He had that big drop-off probably for the last two months, but I still do like his fantasy prospects heading forward. Um, obviously, Richmond have a pretty deep list, which is a bit of a concern, but he's 
maintained. You know, he's always been playing the last few weeks. So, I think there's a bit in him. Uh, moving on to Brisbane, Cam Rayner. Um, we were watching at the pub half. He did a few really nice things. A bit of an eye-catcher of a game. 11 touches and 8 tackles. Obviously, I know that's not very high for only 74 points. And it was his season PB. But he, did, he took some really nice grabs, did some nice things. I just don't know what his role is moving forward. Like, he's a number one draft pick. What are Brisbane doing with him? I don't know. I, I wasn't sure because the TV was glitching out big time at the yeah, pub there. So I wasn't true. sure if I was actually seeing it right. Or it just kept looping the it same bit of footage Rainer, yeah. over and over again. But uh, uh, for mine, he's just never been an accumulator. He's a quality of a quantity player. And I think it will remain that way for a while. I think. Yeah, it's Not unfortunate. for me. It is unfortunate. And good, play, good player. Oh, yeah. For Definitely sure. in the best 22. Yeah. Uh, Alex Witherden. Had 63 on the weekend. He's averaged 74.8 this year. I probably didn't see this coming. I thought his uh, numbers are going to keep tracking up. Obviously, it's got a lot to do with Dan Rich, who averaged 88 this season, but he is 29. He's 29? Daniel Rich, yeah. Been a- oh, sorry. I thought he meant Alex, Alex Witherden. No, <laughs> Daniel like, Rich fuck? is 29. So, it's not like... So, Daniel Rich still has another two or three years of good footy left in him. So, I'm a bit worried about Alex Witherden going forward because I can't see their roles changing too much, you know, into next year. You can't really put too many eggs in a basket if a guy is only averaging 74.8. You persist with it. You don't drop him. You don't drop him, but, geez, he's, he's another one whose value has dropped. You wait, lot. though. Wait till, he's, wait till he's 29. Wait till he's 27, yeah, 28, 29. Oh, that's so boring. But you've got to. Like, you just, that's what a keeper league is. You wait and you build. I know. Jeez, you hope that Brisbane trade Danny Rich. But anyway, <laughs> last game of the round, Hef. Yeah, you came down to the other Oval with me, uh, broke bread with my people. Sat down and, I did. Uh, I sat with the unwashed. It was yep. not too bad. And we uh, got around Dan Houston. I will say, that is <laughs> that was one of the most enjoyable things. So we had a, our Keeper League grand final. It was uh, one of the guys had Travis Boat. One of the guys had Dan Houston in the and last game. And it was game. neck and neck as of quarter time. It was Yeah, it was basically. So um, we obviously didn't win. Um, Tom Tom to win. He had Travis Boak, so we basically were booing Travis Boak yeah, each time he got the ball and cheering every time Dan Houston got the ball. Although I wish he got it a few more times, but uh, it was good fun just watching both of them where they were on the ground yeah. and just really monitoring closely, not giving a shit about. Yeah. I, like half the time I didn't. I didn't even know what the score was. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> I've never cared about where a player's been on the ground so much, and I was following Dan Houston oh, everywhere. It was so heartbreaking when he went to the bench and put the jacket yeah, on the last five minutes, oh, sniffed it out. But yeah, yeah Travis Boak's anyway, team. I highly recommend doing that for a grand final if you if you can in the future. It was yeah. very Fun. Go to the game. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about a few Port players. So Xavier Dersma had 103 points. Uh, he's capped off a great year. Gets the bow and arrow out. Love the kid. Um, he should be a fantasy jet going forward, I think. What do you reckon, guys? Uh, yeah. I was quite impressed with him. All those younger guys on the weekend. First time I kind of seen him in the flesh. And, yeah. Oh, um, kind of rosy from the boundary. That was fucking, that was yeah, freaky. They do some good work. Yeah. Uh, Willem Drew, uh, 93 points. Uh, he scored well with wines in the side, which is a bit different to the usual. Um, I'm hearing Sam Power Pepper could be on the way out of Port Adelaide. So uh, there could be a spot and some decent scoring in line next year if they, if he does hold. Yeah, I'm a big Willem Drew fan. Uh, it's just hard to see him getting regular time at Port if everything stays the same. If it doesn't, he's going to be a bit of a monitor over the preseason to see what yeah. Port's list looks like next year. I reckon he's in the plans. Good. Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones, so he's a little bit better than last week. Uh, he had 89 <laughs> points. What, so like 80 points better yeah, than last week? Totally redeemed himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Reese Conker had 87. Took a lot of kick-ins and um, he was like permanent defender for the weekend, not running through the midfield like he was earlier. So that could yep. be a sign of new coach. I don't know if David Hale probably won't be the coach, but yeah. could be a sign of new coach and actually getting him back in defence. So that could be a sneaky little watch for next season. Um, if he does start to play defence again and kind of gets that, scores around that 80 mark, yep. definitely could be something going forward there yeah definitely oh, uh he's good sorry and uh scott jones hope i pronounced that one correctly for the 12th man fans out there but anyway um he had a good debut uh 78 points 124 he doubts don't know if he'll hold a spot down in future with lob and darcy back in the side because i'll probably play those two but i don't know good to see and uh no, another up and coming ruckman out there somewhere that if he doesn't end up at frio might end up somewhere and be of yeah some potential you missed one, Talon Juman, who I... Oh, uh, shit, I did yeah, too. He actually looked very, very good live yesterday. Um, nice kick, um, bit of a rangy kind of looking bloke. But, yeah. Um, yeah, uses the ball very, very well um, and does kick a lot. So, um, definitely one to look at next year. I, I think he, he could be the coming, one. Yeah. yeah, he's one I'm very keen on. You know those players that just look like fantasy players? Yeah. He looks like one of them. He does. Yeah. All right, uh, we'll move on to, I guess we'll do From the Twos. Yeah.
Okay, uh, moving on to From the Twos, the uh, segment where we look at all the stately scorers and see how they went throughout the round. So we'll start with the greats, uh, the SANFL. Patrick Wilson just capped off the year in style with 162 in the sandfall uh, to bring his average to 116. Likewise with Jack Trengrove, he had 151, 135 average for the year. Probably won't be on an AFL list next year, but um, yeah, he's uh, he was been good to watch. Uh, Billy Frampton had 132. Now, he's actually someone who's interesting. Probably not ever going to be fantasy relevant just because of the role he plays but he could see a lot more game time next season I think yeah. uh, Riley O'Brien he had 128 uh, unfortunate to miss out but he's uh, now an officially a good dream teamer yeah but he might what are they going to do next year if they they played Source Jacob surely they play Riley O'Brien and trade Source off somewhere you'd have to think so uh, and Sam Mays just to finish up he had 123 points for Port Adelaide Nice. Uh, Josh Dacos had 137 points on the weekend, so showed a bit of his fantasy ability. Hugh Goddard, my boy, 125 points. What the fuck? Ooh la la. <laughs> Averaged 82 for this season. Still could break out next year. Uh, Scotty Selwood, 124, probably his last uh, year in AFL, you'd think. Kai Owens, 124 from him as well. Bailey Williams, my other boy, who's uh, you'd hopefully gets moved on from the dogs because he's got some ability, just won't get a game there. He had 120. And Dara Joyce uh, from St Kilda, he had 118, his PB by a long stretch. On to the kneeful, Jackson Haightley. 153 Locked points. And low. Get him in the side, boys. Yeah. Uh, George Hornsmith had 137. Tommy Sheridan had 134. Ryan Bastanak, 132. And Sydney's own James Rose, he had 133. On to the waffle. Brett Bewley, 129 from him. Hamish Brayshaw, 127. Averaged 99 this season. Pretty good year. Matty Allen, 116. Francis Watson, 100. And Brendan Archie, 96. All right, let's. Uh, well, we don't have any projections this week, so we might as well go straight into this uh, next segment, case. Yep. Uh, what are we doing here? So, just going to be a recap from the year. So, not really awarding any, you know, MVPs or anything like that. But you know, it's important that we, you know, do a bit of a three sixty review here on the Keeper League Pod, and you know, go with what we did got right, maybe what we got wrong, or you know, what other people got right or wrong. So, we did a little uh, breakout candidate article at the start of the season. So, we picked one player in each um, area who we thought would be the breakout out of uh, their particular position. So we had Jack Bowes as the breakout candidate from the back lines. 71.5 average, one ton. Is that a miss or a hit? That's a miss. Do you think there's any future for Jack as a fantasy player? Yes. I think it's a bit to say. Tim English, 77.1 average, one ton as a Ruckman. Hit uh, or miss? Hit, but um, going forward, I'm just worried that Western Bulldogs might actually want to start winning some hitouts and winning the rut combos at some stage. It's unfortunate because he's a fantasy jet, but unfortunately doesn't win that It's not a great footballer. Yeah. yeah. Great ruckman. Yeah. Sorry, he's good, good around footballer. the ground. Yeah. Um, uh, Andrew Brayshaw, 69.5 average with two tons. Hit or miss? Miss, but fucking get on board for next season, so I think. You're, doubled, you're doubling up. Yeah, he's going to go huge. Like, he's definitely prime. He's prime for camp, but breakout next season. Okay, you've heard it here first. Yeah. And no, lastly- No, not here first. The uh, draft doctors were going ham on it today as well. Okay. Yeah. Lastly, James Walker, <laughs> 96.7 average, 10 tons, hit or miss. Do I even have to answer this one? No, you can because you enjoy doing it. Yeah, it's a big hit. Yeah. Yeah, well done. He's uh, done very, very well. Yeah. So, um, I had a bit of a thought, you know, during last week, you know, we talk about, um, you know, the reason that we basically do the draft. It's not to talk about the the big names. It's about the talk. It's about talking about the the shit names. It's the guys who can win you a win you a league because you do your research, <coughs> because you listen to us, hopefully, and because you trawl all the potential information. So I've looked at the players who were less than twenty percent drafted this season. So. Riley O'Brien, seven percent drafted at the start of the year, averaged ninety five point five. Darcy McPherson, 20% drafted, averaged 87.7. We were big on him at the start of the year. You were big on Riley O'Brien at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Paddy Lipinski, only 8% drafted, averaged 85.5 this season. He looks like he's going to be an absolute player too. Geordie Dawson, your boy, 11% drafted, averaged 81.4 this season. And got defender status. Double tick. <laughs> Carl Amon, only 4% drafted, uh, averaged with 76.6 this year. I reckon he can keep going on from that too. Yep. 
Uh, Taylor Dray, only 10% drafted and averaged 76.2. Uh, Darcy Tucker, 18% drafted, averaged 73.1. And then a bit further down, Connor Rosie, 20% drafted and 72.7. So basically, it just comes to show that uh, there's always plenty of diamonds in the rough and it does show the importance of the waiver wire and getting on early because a lot of these guys slip through and it is important to listen to us heading next year. Have you year, skipped yeah. over one player who was um, 0% drafted and yes. you've gotten the list here? Sorry, Jacob Dawson, my boy from Gold Coast. 72-point <laughs> Andy's average and no one drafted him. Not drafted in any league. No, it's That's amazing. amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> so, um, but on the flip side, so you look at, you know, all the people who are drafted. So, Cullen Ward, 80% drafted, average three, obviously injured, so we'll give him a break. Yeah. Orazio, uh, drafted 92%, averaged 54 I know it was injury affected, but I called that. I called Orazio going back this year because I remember Stu giving uh, in our league who owns him was giving true. shit yep. about that call mm-hmm. on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, no, I just didn't think he gets enough quantity to go for. Go Fair on. enough. I know he got injured, so yeah. I know, it doesn't really count. But, uh, yeah. Jack Rewalt, 96% drafted, 55 average. Yeah, it was probably time to jump off Jack Rewalt, I think, in hindsight. Just mm-hmm. getting to that age, Tom Lynch coming in. Yeah, it's actually pretty clear when you look, use hindsight, but yeah. uh, a lot of people thought he'd go, still go the same or, you know, be um, boosted by uh, yeah. Tom Lynch as well. Pretty hot on Tom Lynch next yeah. year too. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Webster, 95%. Drafted only 59 average. Jordan Lewis, 92% drafted. Wow, 60 average for him. Fuck. Bailey Williams, unfortunately, 93% drafted. One of your um, boys. Yeah, I blame Doss more than me, but uh, <laughs> 93% drafted, only 62 average. Alex Neil Bullen, amazingly, he was 90% drafted as That's well. That's silly. Uh, he only averaged 62. Tommy Lynch, uh, 96% drafted, uh, only averaged 63, but he That's had a very- rich, Richmond Tommy yeah, Lynch. Yeah, he had a lot of lean games early on in the year. Yep. Tommy McDonald, Ridiculous that he was 99% drafted and his average draft position was 69 this year. No. He averaged 63.8. Put him in the bin. Definitely. Chris Maston, 96% drafted only, average 65. Probably at the back status, which probably sucked a few people in. Got me. And lastly, Charlie Kerno, 95% uh, drafted and he averaged 65, but injury interrupted. And I think him and the Colton guys are kind of on the way up next year. All right. So, some interesting numbers there. I guess just some reflective stuff uh, that there can be some diamonds found in the rough. And um, you just need to be digging a little bit deeper, I think, uh, Mm -hmm. going into draft to make sure you're researching accordingly. Likewise, uh, the monitoring... I guess the look at the preseason games and the back end of this season and look at guys going forward and try to work out what's happening or any changes that have happened to the side that might affect their scoring. And it is important to kind of put your own best 22 forward as well. Yeah. So, you know, like if you are keen on, you know, some players and you can find a role for them, but you can't find a role for some others, you know, look, yeah. you know, you have Jordan Lewis as your Bailey Williams, etc. you know, it's important doing your research. And just because a guy is young and shows promise doesn't mean he's got to be best 22 or anything like that. Like, look at someone like Paula Hearn, who a lot of people hot on, could barely get in the side this year. Mm-hmm. You've actually got to think of how they fit into a side yeah. as well, not just get them because they show some potential. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, before we move on to the last listener tweets of the year, we'll talk about Patreon. So, basically, uh, stick on board for the off-season because what we're going to be doing is we're going to release all of the um, state league numbers. So, not just uh, league stuff and, I guess, not just uh, AFL-listed players. Basically, every player. So, we can have a look at some of the mature ages going to be coming through, mm-hmm. but also a lot of the underage stuff. So, a lot, any underage stuff that's on champion data, like I know the Sanfil is um, and I know some of the, a lot of the Neeful players play the Neeful and the Waffle, all that sort of stuff. Yep. We'll be looking at all their numbers as well. That will be released on our Patreon page, so you can just get the edge on your league. But yeah, we'll also do a trade review, a uh, draft review. We'll release the fantasy scores for the draftees from uh, both the uh, under-18 championships and their state leagues too. So we'll do all that again this season. So stay tuned in the off-season for all of that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll also be watching the finals games. Uh, we'll be doing a bit of written content over the next kind of month about who's catching our eye in finals and maybe who just to put in your black book ahead of next year. Yeah, we might might even do just, maybe just an ad-lib uh for our finals podcast or well, mini episode for the for the Patreon subscribers as well yep. just uh, anyone that caught her eye over the uh, finals and we'll just have a chat about that uh, but anyway cool so that's it for the Patreon uh, thanks to everyone who subscribed this yep. year basically to put this podcast together we had to pay for audio gear like recording gear um, all our hosting our website fees all that sort of stuff uh, mm-hmm. it does add up so anyone that kind of helped us out over the year to get things going and hopefully you were rewarded with the, uh, with the bonus stats as well we had to give something back to you but yeah cheers because basically we wouldn't be doing another season if it weren't for you guys so thanks for that from the bottom of our hearts
Okay, the last ever, well not the last ever, the last uh, listener tweets, well last ever for 2019 I guess, uh, listener tweets is coming through. So again, thanks to all those who ask questions because uh, not only do we help you out with your fantasy side, but you give us content and stuff to talk about. So yeah, um, yeah it really helps out just to have those as well. So again, thanks to everyone who's uh, been contributing and there's a lot of uh, usual names on this list as well. So um, yeah, thanks for everyone that contributes there. But anyway, Kays, let's go. Mm-hmm. So at TWR412, admittedly I've taken shits that are better looking than Chera's season but mm-hmm. would you keep him over Bose if Bose is a straight mid now obviously I'm biased but I did want to do some research before I gave an opinion so Bose averaged 71.5 this season playing 75% time on ground in an injury interrupted year while Chera averaged 60.8 from 79% time on ground and basically played the whole year I'm more than happy to be in Jack Bose camp going forward I have kind of liked the look of him the last couple of weeks returning from injury I think another pre season uh, Gold Coast surely get a bit of their shit together and I think he can lead their midfield into the future Chera I'm still not too sure about yeah I think the same and just with Chera as well I guess he's got um, DPP but if he's ever going to score well he's going to lose that DPP anyway yep. and as lo- and I guess Bose has actually shown some potential as a fantasy scorer yep. and little tiny little bit of consistency here and there like a few good games strung together last year er- there was an early season patch in this year where he was quite good mm. Chera is just too hit and miss for me the big disclaimer on Chera is new coach next year yeah, so true. there is the unknown there especially with you know Brayshaw, Chera a few other, other young guns what yeah. happens there so you know you, it'll be a big monitor over the next preseason but I think if you're going to go right now you've got to go Jack Bowes yeah if JLT he's playing midfield like you know for the whole time and that, so you start thinking about it then yeah uh, at Bangers Mash 85 thoughts on Lockie Weller's game seemed to play mid and ended up with a good score uh, I've been quite keen on Lockie Weller this season he's uh, been showing a bit um, he obviously finished this year with two cunt two tons oh, dear <laughs> sorry must be the stout uh, two tons he really can't do much too much he can't do much more than that um I think that he's going to be a good part of the Gold Coast midfield. Bose, Ainsworth, you know, Miller, a few other guys. I think they're on the way up slowly and I think Weller can play. Yeah, look, I would have, before the last few weeks, I would have been, I don't know, I think he's still keeper worthy. Yeah, uh, most percent from, yeah. yeah. But I think there was a part where I was kind of doubting whether he'd ever get to those heights that he always promised to, but he's starting to look like it a lot more this season. I reckon he's still got another level to go to as well. So, yeah, I'd be getting on board. Well, and a follow-up question from Bangers and Mash, he's hot on it. Uh, is Bailey Smith a chance for forward status next year? So, just had a quick look at his heat map. Looks pretty doubtful. Look, he does have a bit slight of a forward preference, but... I'm kind of thinking there might be a few of these younger guys that Ultimate or Fantasy give forward status to or DPP to because they're going to be taking away a lot of juicy forward statuses from some big players next year. Yeah, look, uh, he's a slight chance for me. He might get it. But again, it's kind of the same as Chera. If he's going to score well, it's not going to be as a forward anyway. So it doesn't really matter in keeper leagues because you're going to be holding on to him for a long time. You might get one good year out of him, but it'd want to be that year that you're, um, you know, you're flagging up kind of thing. I feel by 2021, he could be 100 average mid. Yeah, definitely. He will be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'll be a mid anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at Blackson, yeah, this might be good for you. Will Boak still be a keeper under a new coach in 2020 without forward status? Well, we've just established that uh, Kate Thomas came out today saying there won't be a new coach. So, so will that he still be a keeper without forward status? You've got to keep a guy average 100, don't you? I'm just I'm asking a yeah. question. Well, you do. Yeah. And uh, where does Gibbs have to land to become fantasy relevant? And what will have complained about in the offseason? <laughs> uh, where does Gibbs have to land? Is he assuming he's being traded? I reckon he probably stays at the Crows, doesn't he? They gave up too much for him. If he stays at the Crows, I don't think he's playing. Well, yeah, he's, he's pretty much finished anyway. I think if he can go to Gold Coast, he becomes super fantasy relevant. Does he want to? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, look, yeah, look, Gold Coast, fine. Let's say with that one. Uh, what we have complained about a lot of seasons, oh, look, there's a lot of things to complain about. Um, I don't know, politics, mm-hmm. um, price of petrol, I don't know, heaps of stuff. Ken, Keith, Thomas. Oh, I'm over that. Dual <laughs> captaincy, you know. Yeah, I'm over that. I'm over all footy for now. I'm not thinking about that, look. But there's heaps of stuff to complain about. <laughs> don't you worry, mate. <laughs> uh, Brian 19 Mark Murphy had an awesome finish this season. What do we do with him for next year? Uh, thanks for the work this year, lads. Your advice got me through to a GF. Oh, yeah. I don't think he won it, though, which no, is sad. he lost to another ship bloke. Yeah, anyway. Um, look, Mark Murphy, what do you do this year? Um, look, you get what you can from him, I think. Uh, and if you can't get anything decent for him, then you just hold on to him. I'd hold him. I reckon there's a bit of uh, like a reco- renaissance, sorry, with uh, Mark Murphy. I think, you know, like Colton will 
be better in their midfield. Cripps and a few other guys are going to really keep lifting. I think he's another one who's enjoyed not having the captaincy on him. I think he could just be kind of going in the twilight of his career and just bulking points. Yeah. That's my take. I don't know. Like, yeah, it depends on his role and whether it continues like as it has this year. I think David Teague will try to, but you never know. Another year under the belt, another preseason, he might slow down a hell of a lot too. Uh, I still think he's pretty good. I think I'd be holding him for sure. Okay. Uh, at AFL Stats, mate. Hey, boys. Do the old men of Heath Shaw and Gary Ablett go on again next year? Uh, thanks for your help. Uh, you helped me win one league back-to-back and play finals for the first time in another. Our pleasure. So, I think I looked at Heath Shaw uh, when he talked about his 300th game. He said if GWS win the flag, he's retiring because he's going to go partying for a year. <laughs> but I think he's pretty keen to play on. Uh Gary Abler, I'm not sure. I kind of get the feeling they're both going to play next year. Yeah. Um, they're both competitors. They both love, you know, winning, and I think that's part of their their makeup. Will they be big scorers again? I'm not sure. Yeah, no, look, I, I don't know. Gary Abler seems to be getting better this season as the as the year went on, but I don't know if that's going to maintain. Just, I don't know, like as a, an ex-footballer, a guy who retired three years ago, Pre-seasons are the worst thing in the world. And when you get to that age, I can't see them becoming even any more fun. That's true. So, like, where's where's your head at going into the going into it as well? Do you, I don't know. Both of them are in the – Gary especially. I think Geelong flag up, he's gone. Like, yeah, you, you if, go if either up. of them win a flag, yeah, they're yeah. gone. Yep. And I still think – I don't know if the club really want – like, is, is Gary got another year in his contract? Was it a two-year deal? I or think so. Well, if he does, I th- is there a tr- he, plays, he probably plays next year and plays I think fine. he does. Yeah. I don't know if he'd want to. I, I think you're crazy. I but think anyway. he still wants another flag. Yeah, I think he does too. Um, yeah, just before we uh, – oh, I just think there's one more tweet. But before we wrap up, uh, we got just a tweet from uh, Bagels. Not a question, but just uh, – uh, so from Bagels4. Cheers for all your help this year, lads. Uh, I got it done. So, he's won the flag there. And yeah, sent us boy. A message on our Patreon group this morning as well which was nice uh and trav 014 sent us one uh saying it was just two emojis it's the premiership cup and a heartbreak next to it so uh <laughs> yeah he had a bad weekend by the sounds poor trav we tried to get down houston over the line for you <laughs> we tried our best anyway uh last tweet let's go oh no that was it that's it mate. so all right cool um all right so that was a few nice uh thank you messages from our fans and uh yeah that was it all right so that wraps up the pod for the year so um if you don't follow us already hit us up on uh facebook and twitter at keeper league pod uh stay tuned to our website because it looks like we'll having be having a few changes there Sweet. and a few new things added uh next uh web uh, next year so um hang on to that one bookmark that one or however people access their websites these days head to uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au patreon We'll keep going in the off-season. We'll uh, chuck a few bits and pieces up there in the off-season just to keep it flowing. Uh, we'll probably might aim for maybe one a month or something like that, something to go up there. Um, so, yeah, keep that going because there'll be lots of useful information to build to next year's draft. So, patreon.com slash keeperleaguepod. And, yeah, that's it from me, Kays. What do you got to say? Now, thanks for everyone for listening this year. It's been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we look forward to kind of getting back into it next year after a month or so off uh, yeah. refresh the batteries and go again but I'm actually very excited to start you know crunching some numbers already and looking forward to next year and seeing what we can't unearth you know coming into this year's trade period draft etc yeah so the main pod should be back around January early to mid January so uh, stay tuned we'll let you know when it's coming back on uh, Twitter we'll just have to wait for the uh, fixtures to come out next year and we'll plan everything else accordingly so oh, yeah. we'll work from there no more AFLX next season that's sad it is sad <laughs> said no one ever what are they going to do instead just more JLT well surely you get three games again which would be Sweet. nice that would be nice more fantasy research oh yeah anyway that's it so uh, thanks for 2019 thanks for joining us uh, it's been a it's been an awesome first year and thanks yeah. for the 500 or so followers on Twitter and the other couple hundred on Facebook as well and anyone that's gotten around us or listened to us or given yep. us a stream or chuck some money our way through the Patreon or whatever send us yep. a tweet yep. uh, cheers thank so. you so much and congratulations to all the premiership winners I hope we might have helped in a little bit yeah bloody oath well done to everyone out there and commiserations to all the losers like myself so anyway yes thank you are you. a loser I am a loser see you later bye